Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Merca, Toyota Susho, and Develamark. Welcome to the Painter Marketing Mastermind Podcast, a show created to help painting company owners build a thriving painting business that does well over $1 million in annual revenue. I'm your host, Brandon Pierpont, founder of Painter Marketing Pros and creator of the popular PCA educational series, Learn, Do, Grow, Marketing for Painters. In each episode, I'll be sharing proven tips, strategies, and processes from leading experts in the industry on how they found success in their painting business. We will be interviewing owners of the most successful painting companies in North America and learning from their experiences. On this episode of the Painter Marketing Mastermind Podcast, we host guest Don Klim. Don is the founder and co-owner of The Painters, Inc., a residential and commercial painting company based in Bismarck, North Dakota, that does over $2 million in annual revenue. Don discusses how he has grown from hustling for any job he could get back when he started his business in 1993 to building a sustainable corporate model that now affords him a more enjoyable lifestyle. He discusses the important characteristics to look for when hiring employees and provides some great interview questions to ask potential hires. Don also discusses an interesting sales tactic he uses to keep his painters busy over the winter. If you want to learn more about the topics we discussed in this podcast and how you can use them to grow your painting business, visit paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast for free training, as well as the ability to schedule a personalized strategy session for your painting company. Again, that URL is paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast. Don, thank you for being on the Painter Marketing Mastermind podcast. Uh, You're very much welcome. Thank you for asking me to join you today. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess tell us a little bit about your background and the background of the Painters, Inc. Well, um, I guess you could say I started painting when I was in uh, my senior year of high school in the summers. Uh, Painted during the summers with, uh, there was uh, two teachers and did it during the summer. Didn't really want to work that hard, so they didn't care if I worked for them all day or half a day or if I wanted to go to the to the lake and go fishing it was up to them but I, I started in the summers and then did it all the way through college and then um, that's how I started my roots of painting and then um, went into uh, graduated from uh, the University of North Dakota and went and worked out in the corporate world um, for about um, seven eight nine years um, always knew I wanted to own my own business never dreamt that it would be painting but when I was always working in the corporate world, I'd somehow or another, I would always get sucked into painting for somebody. It seems like, hey, I need this painted. And of course, I was always volunteering uh, lots of times for free, obviously, but just to help people out. And then I always enjoyed it. So um, one day I came home from being on the road on my job for being gone a couple of weeks. And my wife was losing a little impatience with me. And she said, well, you got to make a decision what you want to do with your life. 
So um, I told her, okay, here's what we're going to do. At this time, we were living in Wyoming. And, and I said, we're going to quit our jobs. We're going to move to North Dakota, Bismarck. And I'm going to start a painting company. And here we are 28 years later. Wow. So, so when was uh, the Painters Inc., when, when were you guys founded officially? It was in uh, March of 93. March of 93. Yeah. Wow. So you are the, the sole founder. Correct. Now, Don, I didn't expect to do this so quickly, but you and I were talking a little bit before the recording started, and you said you are not 51% owner. What did you mean? Well, um, back when um, we had our fourth child and finally realized we needed to incorporate, um, my wife and I uh, sat down in front of the accountant and we never discussed this at all prior to getting to our attorney and accountant and whatnot and having the conversation. I just assumed I was gonna be 100% ownership, I didn't know. And, and um, she goes, no. Um, I want 50%. And I said, no, 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 it's going to be 49, 51 me. And mm -hmm. she said, no. And that's probably the only decision I have bowed to her and said, okay. Uh, outside yeah. of that, I make pretty much 99% of the final decisions in the, in the business as of now. Yeah. And it's yeah, worked well out well. I, I liked your, uh, your attitude. If she wants 50% of the business, she can take 50% of the problems with it. Yes, that's Always what I told her right at that time. Yeah, excellent. So tell us a little bit, um, you know, the Painters Inc., you, you guys are, I think, primarily residential, kind of what kinds of projects you do, what your residential and, and commercial split is, all that kind of good stuff. Well, um, overall, uh, we are 80% of our revenue is um, residential, interior, exterior uh, repaints. Then about a breakdown of new construction, we just we still do a little bit of that um, is about 10%. And then 10% commercial, whether it's interior or exterior res, uh, painting, we steer away from uh, new commercial. Um, for, I think a lot of people know those reasons why, but. Yeah, okay. So you guys are, are mostly residential. Do you have a, a specific sort of uh, demographic that you're targeting? Yeah, well, you know, early on, you just took whatever job you got coming to you. And as, as you get um, further into the business years, you obviously um, come to find out what works best for yourself. Our, our target market is basically, we look at it, um, joint income of $150,000 or more. Okay. Um, that's in our market here. Um, probably a house um, that's valued at $400,000 or more. Um, and that's our that's our target customer you know like our target job you know particular job is anything under 80 hours probably um that seems to be where we produce our best um net profit um get to the bigger bigger ones it seems like things can go a little south take a little longer for whatever reasons so you know kind of short and sweet one week jobs for two-man crews get in there get it done get paid Sure. Okay. And, and where, uh, if you don't mind sharing, where are you guys at revenue wise? What'd you do in 2021? Uh, just a little bit North of 2 million nice. um, in sales. Um, we've been very fortunate in this market not to have to deal with a lot of the obstacles other people are dealing with as far as with COVID and, and some of those restrictions um, in our state, it's not nearly, it's 
um, if you see somebody with a mask on, it's rare. And that's, oh, wow. it's just the atmosphere here. And you know, the, the COVID itself, it's, it's here, it's present, but um, it doesn't seem to be um, a driving factor. People, we didn't lose a single job over it. Um, wow. If anything, this is one of our better years we've ever had, so. Yeah, what a blessing. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's great. And obviously in some areas, California, New York, places like that, it, they've been pounded. Yes. Um, Okay, well, uh, I, I guess so. You're, you're primarily residential. You're doing a little over two million. About eighty percent of that being residential, um, interior, exterior. Do you guys do cabinet refinishing or anything like that? Yes, we do uh, quite a bit of that actually. Um, and that market, I think, um, across the whole country, has really um, blossomed for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I know yeah. some other uh, contractors, not necessarily in our market, but in other markets, that that's practically all they're doing. And, and we average at least uh, 1.5 of those a month. Um, and probably typical revenue uh, job size is probably between $6,500 to $8,500. Um, so it has been a, and we do market that directly also um, out there as a part of our services. Okay. So I, I kind of want to touch base on, on this idea that you said in the beginning, you're going to take you take what you can get, right? You have to eat, mm -hmm. your family has to eat. And then as you scale and get bigger, you can get a little more selective. Who do you not take now? Are there projects that, that come through and you say, hey, we're just not a right fit or how does that work? Yeah, um, you know, like I said, um, practically no new uh, commercial jobs. Mm -hmm. um, if, it, if it requires like epoxy floors, um, you don't do a lot of concrete, you know, we get requests for that, but, um, you know, we don't have the people that are specialized in those types of things. Um, you know, I, we don't go after the, probably I'd say very rarely do we do, do, do a project, anything over $80,000 for a project. Um, we don't want these great big ones that are going to drag on forever. And um, there's just so many different ways that can go sideways on you. Right. So, and then, with, so it sounds like a lot of that's really focused on the commercial. Are, are there residential? Are you guys a little bit less selective there? If someone comes and they, they want maybe a small project, how do you handle that? Well, we kind of, we're trying to get off the ground. It's called a painter of the day. Uh, in other words, if they call in, we try to, um, like we have a, a gentleman who's older than average, you could say, uh, getting close to 60 or 60 that you know he doesn't he still can paint he's still effective but we don't want to give him big jobs and maybe he'll go out and do a bathroom for somebody um and you know not that we don't want to do that job or do want to do that job but sometimes depending on you know if it's a seven hundred thousand dollar home and they just want this one bathroom done it can lead on to a, a larger project later on sure. okay so you, you you're calling that painter for a day? Yeah. Painter for yes. a day. And, and so essentially, I want to make sure that I fully understand this. When, when someone is booking a job or tries mm -hmm. to book a job with you guys, that doesn't really make sense. Rather than saying, rather than doing it and, and kind of maybe stalling your growth and getting outside of your target market, and rather than saying, hey, it doesn't make sense, mm -hmm. you guys have basically, in a way, kind of built this lower tier product. Yeah, um, and it's, it's directed towards, you know, we say it's a minimum charge 
you know, if we go there, painter a day, you got them for eight hours, okay? It may, if you, if they get it done in four, sorry, still $600. If you want them to do something else, so be it. Um, but then if it goes into another day, well then, then obviously it goes for another painter of the day um, charge. So it's a program that, I mean, we we don't have it completely uh, worked out pos uh, perfectly yet, but it, it's something that we are really striving because unfortunately, you do get a lot of those calls, and sometimes um, those can lead to something you know that's more in your wheelhouse. Now, if it's like a um, a house that's not in our target market of the four hundred thousand or one hundred fifty thousand income joint, you know we we're not going to we're not going to do that. But if it's in if it's in our target market and we can get our foot into the door, um, then we'll we'll pursue it. Okay, so you guys are are now doing you know a couple million a year. What what do you attribute that growth to? How did you guys you know start from nothing get to that point? Well, um, I mean it's been a long process. I mean obviously it will be twenty nine years. Actually, in listening to some of the other podcasts, yet some people have been very aggressive in their growth. Um, Quite aggressive, some of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and uh, I mean we're in our market. Uh, it's all, uh, everybody works for me. There's no subcontractors. Okay. And uh, sometimes the labor market in this area, along with everywhere in the country for that matter, um, is difficult to always find quality good people. Um, so our growth has been kind of like 10 years ago, uh, this last year, we did $800,000 worth of work. So over the course of, of a year or 10 years, we've We've, we've increased it by 1.2 million. So, uh, but what I contribute that to is, is our market, uh, Bismarck, Mandan, surrounding areas about, about 110, maybe 120,000 with outlying county. Um, and us being around as long as we have, um, 80%, no, 72% of our generated leads is from past customers oh, wow. or referrals or um, remodel jobs from contractors, which we do do for residential remodels. Um, so a lot of our, a lot of our customer base and you know, 79% of 72% of our revenue this last year was from repeat referrals or um, contractors uh, for remodeling. So um just being able to uh be here for that long um has given us a lot of opportunity i think we could have probably got there faster but we had some um things that maybe weren't very good decisions on my part that uh, kind of held us back okay yep um do you do you want to elaborate on any of the any, any kind of mistakes you've made along the way or, or any lessons well, I mean, sometimes uh, I wanted to grow faster than I was financially capable of mm -hmm. doing it, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, you know, the old saying, uh, grow to make money and not make money to grow or, you know, um, so sometimes I wanted to make money and I wasn't, the whole business wasn't coming together at the same pace. So, and so we had to do some things financially a little different and then it was a, a challenge for us to catch back up. And get that a, situated yeah. out. It's always a, a bit of a balancing act, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, in a, in a lot of different ways. Correct. Mm -hmm. So Don, you said something um, pretty interesting, just interesting in your specificity, uh, you know, the 72%, 72%, you guys have obviously been around for a long time. It's not, not a really large market, so people know you, mm -hmm. um, but that's still a very specific number. Before we started recording, you had talked about how you have implemented EOS mm -hmm. and, and are a big proponent of that and everything else. Do you mind kind of sharing I guess some information about your operations, about about your your number tracking, about how you're sort of doing everything. Well, and I know, um, you know, by the first five six years, I mean, I was completely involved with the business in the field and doing everything, and and um, and so you're working in the business rather than on the business, and um, not always necessarily knowing your hours. You're just out there trying to make a buck, you know. Um, and then, so it evolved kind of around me moving out of it and trying to struggle for years and years, not having a means of direction of where, how you want to take the company to relay that vision to, from outside of my head to everybody else. Um, and sometimes as a small business owner, you, you, you kind of don't want to tell everybody everything because you're afraid, you know, sure. that to tell people exactly where you want to go, but that's a huge mistake because um, without everybody else understanding where you want to take your business. Um, so, you know, I break the business and how to go to day to day and, and work on the future. And uh, one of our business coaches suggested um, looking at EOS and I, ordered the books, gave it to all of our team members, told them they had the retraction. And that was in like October. And by January, we were doing our two day off session, uh, first meeting, um, you know, did all of our core values, core focus, developed all those. Um, and here we are four years later. And um, it's such a relief as a business owner to now everybody knows including the employees um, out, out in the field employees of where we want to go and how we're going to get there. And on last earlier well, Wednesday, we had our state of the, I call it the state of the company quarterly meeting where all the employees are here. And uh, we review what happened last year, um, you know, what got us to where we were last year, where we are right now, where we want to go for this year. And then also reiterate to them where we want to be in three years and 10 years too. So um, it's just so much more refreshing and to have a, an operation to know how you're going to run your business. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a big load off. I think a lot less juggling. Mm -hmm. So when you had said, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs are, are kind of afraid um, to tell people where they want to go. What did you mean by that? Well, early on, well, in our business, I'd say within the first five, six years, you know, you just go out there and paint. And if you had a project manager, you said, go paint this job. And at that time, I wasn't giving out the hours and, and to say, okay, you got to get 40 hours, you got to get this job done or 80 hours. It was just go paint it. And um, our business coach says, well, how in the heck are they supposed to know what you expect of them if you don't tell them? Yeah. Well, I don't want them to know, you know, it's... Um, but no, it's, it's just pure logic and to, so people understood what's expected of them. And then the following year after we did that, boom, all of a sudden we need, you know, 
$60,000 more and didn't do a bit more in revenue. So it's just, you know, you produced better and not knowing your numbers, not knowing uh, how profitable you are in every job as a young painter getting into it. Um, if you don't come around to that understanding what jobs are more profitable than others, what your target market is as far as the type of jobs, um, you're going to struggle. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. So just by clarifying people's job roles, clarifying what's expected of them, you were able to pretty drastically increase your profits from the mm -hmm. same top line revenue. Do you have, yeah. I mean, are you able to share any specific examples of, of kind of the, the expectations you're setting for, for your painters, for your project managers, for sort of different people in your, on your team? Well, when they get their job packets and everything, it has, you know, we use company cam, which is a, a kind of a neat little um, app where we can go out, the salespeople can go out, do their, take the pictures of the jobs and, and put all kinds of uh, notes on the pictures and helps explain to the project or to the project managers. We call them project managers or lead painters, whatever, however you want to say it. We say project managers. Mm -hmm. When they get out there to construct a job, they know ahead of time by looking at the pictures, you know, I got this steep hill. I'm going to need this uh, type of uh, ladders or this type of equipment to do this job. You know, we want to stop painting at the end of this wall and not go any further. And we can put notes on them. Um, and then, of course, they get their hours and they get however many gallons of paint is expected that for them to use, you know, what, what, so that they're not like going out and buying a whole bunch of paint. We buy all the paint ahead of time for them, but it's just giving them the structure to go out to be more efficient on their jobs. You know, we don't want our painters going to the paint store. It's the biggest way to lose one besides uh, every time you go to a paint store, no matter what size of your community, you're wasting a whole hour, you know, <laughs> in yep. the day time they go there and chit chat with somebody or what have you. So we don't want them going to the paint stores and try to make it more efficient that way. That makes sense. So you had mentioned knowing the profitability of your jobs and, and what kinds of jobs you're really trying to target. Would you mind sharing some of those um, statistics about, about the different jobs that you have? What, what are the most profitable? What do you prefer? Well, our average job size is about 4,600, you know, um, which is probably equivalent to about a, a 48 hour job, uh, maybe a little bit less than that. Um, and we work in two man crews. Um, so, you know, that's a, about a three day job. Our, our best profitable jobs, like I probably mentioned earlier, are anything under 80 hours. We could still be profitable uh, at 160, but it seems like that correlation as it drags out and gets longer, um, it just always seems like more likely for something to go wrong um, and um, just too many distractions or, or what have you that makes the job not as go as well. So that's what we really target to and majority of our jobs will be right in that um, price range. Got it. Thanks for sharing that. Has the, the labor, you know, I know you mentioned COVID hasn't been as big of a, a factor there because mm -hmm. of the just sort of the attitude of the state and the people living there. Um, how about the, the labor and, and the paint shortage? Has that affected your business? Well, um, surprisingly, you know, the paint shortage has been, um, has been an issue. You know, sometimes we're scrambling 
from whoever can make a gallon of paint, let alone, <laughs> I mean, seriously. Uh, yeah. So it, what it has led to us doing is typically we, in some of the paint stores wouldn't let you buy in quantity and then bring it back and mix it. Uh, and now some of them have kind of gotten away from that because uh, I think, you know, if you complain enough, maybe people will change their policies. So now we've, from a couple of different vendors, we'll go out and buy a, a pallet of this, a pallet of that and it might be a white base or it might be flat white for ceilings or something. And, and so we have that on hand. Um, and then sometimes if a customer really wants this product and we, and we can't get there because of the paint shortage, we just have to notify them that, okay, well, as soon as the paint comes in, you know, we'll put you on the schedule so we can get you done. But so it's been a little, you know, it's something you never thought in 2021, 22 that, in this modern age, you'd have to deal with something like this. Right. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's been a little bit of an obstacle, but, uh, you know, we found ways to work around it. Uh, labor shortage or labor, um, you know, it's, it's, always, it's always a thing. And you, and you always, we don't necessarily, um, rarely will hire experienced painters. Sometimes, I mean, if there's one that comes along, but we would rather just hire and some of our best employees are people that just never painted in their, a day in their life, but have a great work ethic. Um, and we've had to get uh, more creative and, and better at um, screening possible applicants for having them come in to do interviews. You know, unfortunately you schedule it and sometimes they don't hit you up. <laughs> You're right. Okay. You know, and unfortunately we've seen a lot of that. Um, and that's frustrating. And we've been, honestly, we've been forced to raise our, um, our starting wage, you know, for um, apprentice painters. But that's just the character of the market. And obviously we've had to raise our prices. Sure. Yeah, where do you find the majority of your painters use Indeed or Facebook or how do you do that? Yeah, all those means. Um, and we just had a, an actually the company meeting here on Wednesday you know, we really stress to our employees to try to, they know anybody and, um, you know, and in the past that's worked fairly well, but it doesn't seem like uh, our more experienced painters have been with us for a number of years. And, um, you know, they probably don't have that younger um, age group that they hang around with. So, you know, I, my my wife, um, if she sees somebody out there busting their butts, working really hard, she'll walk up with them to them and give them a card and say, you know, I've been watching you work and admire uh, your tenacity and everything. And you know, if if you want to bring this to a, and make a career or something, and, and they might be working in the bar, they might be a waitress, a waiter, um, they might be working at a fast food restaurant. Um, you know, sometimes you can find and pull people out of there as well. We used to be able to pay more than them, but now even a lot of those places have raised their rates quite a bit as far as starting pay goes too. So. Yeah, I, I want to touch on that because that's something that's come up actually in a number of podcasts. This mm -hmm. idea that you need to offer the people the people that you would want working in your painting company are probably people that are not just looking for a job; they want some sort of a path. And you had mentioned your wife will hand them a card and say, "Hey, if you're looking for a career." Can you talk a little bit about kind of what that looks like? What's your sales pitch, so to speak, to show people, hey, you don't have to just wait tables. We can actually give you a real opportunity here. Well, and I, I think 
no matter what happens, if, if you know how to paint or do a trade, I mean, you have a job for your life. You know, there's, there's such a need for it. Um, so, uh, you know, the key is, is what I tell the young people is, is, you know, you know, we, we offer benefits, we offer health care, we offer paid vacations, um, to pay time off, you know, 56 hours a year, we pay for all their, um, all their tools, all their, all their uniforms. Uh, we don't have them drive their vehicles to the job sites. They have to come into our place and, and then go out from there. So we try to tell them, you know, it's not going to cost you anything other than a good pair of shoes. You know, we'll take care of all the rest. And in the future wise, you know, as far as moving up, you know, we have all types of possibilities for project managers, salespersons, um, you know, and try to lay down for them the vision of our company. Um, cause you know, in, a, in the interview process, we asked them, you know, what do you expect from the company you work for? You know, and it's a, it's disappointing how people just don't think about that. They just, oh, you know, I just want to get a check, you know, or whatever. And, and, and those people aren't necessarily maybe the right fit for us. Um, so I, and if they don't, really know, then I really kind of question them about certain things to draw out of them um, what it is they, they really want as far yeah. as the job goes. Um, so it's a challenge um, and it's not going to change. I think one of the other things that we're really trying to do, trying, this is another thing we're trying to get off the ground along with this uh, painter of the day is um, do all of our you know we do training but you know project managers lead painters they don't want to have to train while they're trying to get the job done and they look at it as such a nuisance sure uh, unfortunately um but we you know we try to tell them you know the better you teach them and all this stuff the better it's going to help you and down the line right but a lot of times not because i harp on them about i want this job done by 60 hours or 45 or whatever it is 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 but they look at it that way um, and they want to get it done and they don't want things slowing them down. So we're, we're really looking at an in-house training program that we want to get off the ground this spring. Um, and so that we can go out and not be afraid to hire um, people with any experience, just good work ethic and teach them. And the people that are with us right now, the longest are all the people that we've taught from the roots all the way up to now. Um, and they've been with us the longest. Huh. Yeah, I really like that. What do you expect from the company you work for? You know, so often when you interview job candidates, it's all about their experience and whatnot. It's not, what are they looking for? Is this the right fit? I think it's a great way. To yeah, it's like, what motivates you? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, what do, what do you think of, you know, what are you passionate about in your life? You know, you know I mean, what, what gets you motivated in the morning to get up? and get out of bed um you know um and of course you you ask them a lot of the some of the younger people and even the older ones just really don't know what they want five years from now or yeah. next year or two years i mean i just want to get a job i just want to get paid um so those might not even be a good fit i mean we we want to see we try to get people that can think for themselves that have um, a, a good intuitive thinking um and aren't afraid to go out and make a mistake. I don't, I mean, I can tolerate mistakes um, as long as they're doing it in the aspect of 
wanting to learn or um, in that way um, versus just sitting around being waiting to be told what to do, you know. Right. Yeah, a little more proactive. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you guys are in Bismarck, North Dakota. Obviously, you guys have pretty brutal winters. <laughs> you have any advice uh, for how to combat the winter slow season? Well, um, you know, for many years, uh, I've kind of struggled with that. The last, I would say, five, six years, you know, we're booked out right now until probably April. Wow. <laughs> we have 10 people out in the field, um, and I could use at least four more painters. But um, what we instituted, and we, we promote this year round, and it's maybe not a fit for everybody, but we offer 10% discount during the winter months. Basically, it, it, it equates to, you know, paint for free, you know, paint free when you repaint your house type thing. Um, and we'll offer that. Matter of fact, um, I probably had in early May, I probably had November and half of December booked out of, of, of 2021 for this fall, this last fall. And then by the time November and October came along, uh, we already booked into February you know, end of January, for sure. And that's been very effective for us. And I push it because during the summer, if we can paint outside, we want to be outside. Sure. But there's undoubtedly some things you have to do inside. But I just tell the person, um, if, if you want to wait, now they have to give me their deposit money. We do take deposit. So, yes. you know, if we have a 20% deposit for six months, I mean, I can use that money in the business or however we need sure. to, whether we put it into the bank or whatever. So as long as you take deposits, I don't have quite as much issue with that of giving um, a discount. Some days I, I question whether or not we should continue doing it, but um, it's been a positive thing for us to get business. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it might it might cannibalize a little bit of your summer business, but if you're staying busy outside, then it's definitely probably going to smooth out your year. Yeah, but the ten percent is always only for November, December, January, February, March. We do not uh, if they want an inside job done during the, any other months, they have to pay the full price. Sure. Yeah, and it's it's nice that you get that cash floated to you six right. months in advance. That's pretty good. Um. Mm -hmm. What, what would you say that your company is doing the best with right now? What are you knocking it out of the park with right now? Hmm. Well, um, I, one of the big things in this market now is uh, popcorn ceilings, you know, textured popcorn ceilings. We're doing a lot, a lot of scraping and or um, um, sanding down the ceilings and applying like a hand texture or um or just plain painting over the top of the the scraped off ceilings um that's been a a, a big big um we're doing one of those every month if not more often um that's one of the things the cabinet part of it is really um is really a steady market for us we also in our revenue stream we also have a um a, 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 what we call a pre-finished wood shop we also do have and that accounts for about 30% uh, of our, our net uh, revenue. So about 600,000. Um, we have two automotive spray booths down there. Uh, we do a number of work for lumber yards, wholesale uh, distributors, 
pre-finished products. A um, lot of stuff for window companies that want to have their windows finished before they put them in. Um, so that that there is, and we're about the only ones, well, we are the only ones in this market that do anything like that. Um, Don, you were holding out on me. That's a pretty significant percentage of your revenue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's called precision wood finish. It's, it has its own identity, but the painters, it falls under the umbrella of the ink of the painters. Hmm. Um, but we use that part of our business a lot for our cabinet um, to spray everything in inside of there. And then the painters do the work out in the field. Um, and then precision wood finish. Um, I mean, we do a lot of fiberglass entry systems. Um, I don't know if you know of Hello Windows. Uh, we do, they have a regional store here that they do a lot of reinstalls old houses. They put new windows in and they want their uh, windows custom matched to their present color of their wood. And we have a matching system down there where we'll match that, um, stain the windows, they put them in, they're done. So that, that business has been part of our business since 94, 1994. So, um, and that has, this was probably one of the better years they've had in a while. And we see that market uh, being strong again sure, for sure. us. And we that see- That sounds like a nice there. niche. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how has, um, this is kind of getting a little bit sidetracked, but how has the, the shortage of lumber and, and all that, how has that impacted that? Well, for us, we don't, we don't sell any of that kind of stuff. We just finish it. But I know in the industry out there that it has been, you know, windows and doors were hard to get sometimes. Yeah. Windows, uh, I think, are, are very difficult right now. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's good. What is, uh, I guess, what would you say is a big struggle for your company right now? Something you're trying to work through? Um, labor force, probably the number one thing, um, without a doubt. I mean, I believe, I strongly believe if, if I, I mean, sales, or, I mean, I can't say that. You know, if we really got more aggressive with our um, generating lead, do more work um, and book ourselves. And I tell a customer, we're, it gets a little to um, sell that job. Give them the price and you're talking and your sales you know, you know, a lot of people are having that issue in other trades too. So it's a little understood, but I know if we're like, we don't want to get too booked out. Let's just put it that way. Sure. Yeah. You could, could run into fulfillment issues. Um, okay. Now, uh, Don, I got kind of two more questions here for you. Sure. How do you see the painting industry changing in the future or do you see it changing in the future? Well, technology, you know, with all the different kinds of apps, the different ways of the different CRMs and, and, and all those types of things, you know, that um, can be very helpful um, for business being more efficient, being able to grow their, grow their office staff. A lot of positive, you know, when I first started 28 years, a cell phone, so my, um, so imagine living without a phone, a business without one. So 
really, really um, on it as a business owner. You really need about that. You need to understand how the we used to use a lot of postcards, and we still do do some, but marketing has changed now. You know, um, professionals they don't take the time to look at their mail or whatnot. It's all they can find immediately. Evolved into trying to get in there every day so they know who you are. Um, as far as products go, um, there's always interesting products. And obviously the shift away from solvent-based products has been on the, been going on for quite some time, but um, there are still a tremendous amount of different things or products where that can and some I'm not always good at that and knowing that I depend on our sales persons to help us out and inform us better of the, of those new technology with products. So I mean, then it boils down to just painting. And there's even different methods and different ways to do some painting now that um, you know bigger rollers, better sprayers, um, all those types of things. Um, do you have to be able to? use those and have knowledge about all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then you can break it down in industrial and you can break it down into other types of paintings, which we don't do, but that's even more um, bigger and open product lines of what's going on out there. Sure. So those are, the, you know, that's the main thing. Um, but then when it boils down to it, don't forget the, the simple things in the, in the real, um, just plain knowing your numbers and don't get caught up on, some of these shiny new things too. Yeah. Um, Cause there's so many distractions out there when you run a business from one day to the next. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, know the, the business fundamentals is always going to be number one, mm -hmm. but then uh, all the different technologies and automations. And, you know, one, one of the things that's come up again and again in these podcasts is some of the other industries, plumbing and HVAC in particular, how far ahead they are mm -hmm. uh, of painting and what we can really you know, learn from them and kind of implement into painting, right? To end up ahead. And I think it's only a matter of time. So you can sort of embrace it and, mm -hmm. and gain or not embrace it and ultimately start to fall behind as the industry evolves. Um, well, yeah, I appreciate all of that. And, and now the final question, do you have any other advice uh, for painting company owners, especially ones that maybe are not at a million yet um, for, for how they can try to get there and, and really grow their business? Well, I guess main thing is, is, is have a vision, you know, um, it, it, one of the things is, is, is like, um, through some of the coaching I've received, it's like, you'll get, you'll, you'll, they'll tell you, well, what does that look like? And really sometimes you need to just sit back and think about where you want your business to be in five and three and 10 years and, and have that a good vision. It, it, it may change as you go. Something's going to come along. Um, it may change some of that, but and being able to, as a small company, to, to put people around you that want to grow and to want to make and expand themselves. You know, I think it's important that you as a business owner, you know, I look at it as I want to 
I don't do this. I mean, I, I want to make money, you know, I want to be profitable, but I don't do this. And that's not what inspires me. Profit is, is, is obviously necessity bar none, but I want to help the people that work here. I want them to improve their lives. I want them to be able to do the things with them, with whether it's going on a vacation to, to Hawaii or who knows what, um, be able to reach what their goals and aspirations is. And if you can bring people into your company that have that kind of vision and want to, to improve and improve their lives, um, then I think it's just a natural fit that your business is gonna grow as well. Um, and, and get, you know, get them all, you know, the hot term, you know, row the boat all together in the same, same pace and in the same vision. I think that as a young, and, and, and in order to grow, I think that's so much more important. Um, and then, then just have the, the, um, determination, um, to go out there because it, it's a grind. Yeah. Every day is a grind and there's going to be that time when you're a young painter and a young company, you're going to be working um, in the business way more than you should be. Um, you got to work on the business. And if you're not taking the necessary hours every week to work on the business, you're not going to grow. You're just not going to, particularly if you're just doing sales, doing sales, or just going out and putting out fires. Um, you, you just, you're never going to get to where you want to go. Yeah, I think that's a great point. No matter how busy you are, you have to you have to set some time aside to really plan for the future and really work on on your business. Yeah, uh, discipline. Yeah, dis discipline. There's a a book. Uh, I forget I forget his name. He was a Navy SEAL, but the book's Discipline Equals Freedom. Mm. Love love that book. Um, but yeah, well, Don, thank you so much for your you time for sharing all this insight. We really appreciate having you on the show. Uh, well, I, I, it was a pleasure and uh, I wish you well with all your um, going forward and, and uh, finding somebody to talk to and in and, and making painting um, something to be proud of and uh, a great profession. Um, and um, I think a lot of people struggle with that too. You know, you should be proud to be a painter. Don't ever be, don't ever not be. Yeah, I think that's really great. Well, thank you, Don. <laughs> all right. You have a great day. You too. All right, bye. If you want to learn more about the topics we discussed in this podcast and how you can use them to grow your painting business, visit paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast for free training, as well as the ability to schedule a personalized strategy session for your painting company. Again, that URL is paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast. Hey there, painting company owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Give us your feedback. Let us know how we did. And also, if you're interested in taking your painting business to the next level, make sure you visit the Painter Marketing Pros website at paintermarketingpros.com to learn more about our services. You can also reach out to me directly by emailing me at brandon at paintermarketingpros.com and I can give you personalized advice on growing your painting business. Until next time, keep growing. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. 
To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.